So we've been working through a series called The Promise, and we are looking at the promises that God makes and how God is faithful to his promises. Now, we started off with hope. We moved on to peace. Last week, we talked about joy and that joy that we have as Christians because of God sending his son for our sins. And today we're going to talk about love. And I've often heard the Bible referred to as a love story, and I think that is a perfect way to describe the Bible. The Bible is just this story about how God loved us and his people so much and what he was willing to do for us. And that's what we're going to look at here today. We're going to look at this idea of love and how much that God loves us, but I also want us to be thinking about how we should love one another and how we should love others, and especially during this Christmas season, as our focus kind of turns to others and turns to giving, and we try to be a little less selfish during this time of the year, I want us to really think about this idea of love. Because we should love each other. And we should not only love each other, but we should love our fellow man. And that's the people that don't look like us, don't think like us, don't vote like us. We've got to love everyone. So we're going to take a look at that today as we kind of take a look at Mary, because as you know, we've been looking at different characters throughout our story. We've been looking at different characters who were the first people to kind of uh, encounter Jesus and to see this love firsthand. And we talked a little bit about the shepherds and we talked about Zechariah and we've just looked at Simeon and some of these other characters. And today we're going to talk about Mary. And Mary is one of my favorite characters in the Bible, and not just for the obvious reason, but because of the way that Mary handled herself, and the way that Mary just submitted herself to God and said, God, I'm your servant. Use me as you see fit. And I think that is a powerful lesson for us, especially this time of the year where we have an opportunity to impact the lives of others. So today will be the last day of our, our quote-unquote Advent series, which again just means the coming, the coming of Jesus. And next week we'll have a very special Christmas service, and it will be a family worship service. So for those of you parents, uh, kiddos will be in the auditorium with us next week, but we're going to do some special things to hopefully uh, you know, keep their attention and help them to enjoy the service as well. So again, today we talk about Mary. And this time of the year, we do tend to focus a little bit more on Mary, but we want to look at the way that God used Mary. And then on top of that, the way that Mary just said, yes, let, yes, Lord, use me the way that you see fit. So that's where we're going to kind of focus at today. Now, what I want you to think about is, do we allow God through the Holy Spirit to bring things into our lives and to use us in ways that we never dreamed possible? That's what I want you to really think about as we start to unpack this story. Is when we feel the Holy Spirit moving us, how do we respond to that? When we feel the Spirit prompting us to do something, how do we respond to that? And what I want you to feel, and what I want you to, to, to feel in your heart, is that God wants to do something new in your life because of His great love for you and for me. See, God wants to move in us. God wants to do things with us. And God wants to move us. And he does that because he loves us. For those of you who are parents, think about your relationship with your children. Do you not want the best for your kids? Even though they may drive us absolutely crazy sometimes, you still want the best for your children. Whether your children are 2 or 50 or 70, you want the best for your children. And you want your children to be all that they can be. You want them to live up to their potential. You want them to do great things and you want to be a part of that and you want to guide them and you want to encourage them. 
And that's exactly how God looks at you and me. See, God wants to do something big in your life. But you have to make the decision to say, yes, God, I want to do that too. And I want to partner with you. Or, you know what, God, I'm really busy right now. That's really not convenient for me. So maybe we just won't go down that road right now. And that's what we're going to look at today as we look at the story of Mary. This is, as you know, the nativity. Or unless you ask my wife, it's the nativity. I don't know where that came from. We know it's pronounced nativity. But what the nativity is, right? The nativity is just the scene of Jesus' birth. Now, what I love about the nativity is when you look at the nativity, everyone is focused on Jesus. The animals are looking at Jesus. The shepherds are looking at Jesus. The wise men are looking at Jesus. The angels are looking at Jesus. Everyone is focused on Jesus. And this is kind of our world right now, right? It's Christmas time, right? And, and Christ's name is literally in the title. It's Christmas time. And, and right now, more so than normal, people are focused on Jesus. And when we see Jesus, we see love. We see the love that God had, that he was willing to come down. Emmanuel literally means God with us. To come down, to send Jesus, to come down and walk amongst us. He loved us enough to do that because he knew that we needed a redeemer. He loved us enough. And then we see this, this, this perfect child, this baby Jesus, who is going to go to the cross for us. And he can go to the cross for us because we deserve that. Quite the opposite. We didn't deserve it at all. But he went to the cross for us because he loved us so much. And that's what we have to remember as we look at this story. Because we all know the Christmas story. I don't think any of the story itself is going to be brand new for you. And I don't, unfortunately, probably don't have anything that's going to make you go, whoa, I never knew that. But what gets lost in the shuffle in this busy holiday season where we see nativities everywhere, we hear Christmas songs, and people sing songs about Jesus and don't even realize they're singing songs about Jesus, is we forget that it's all about love. See, we have to prepare for the birth of something new. See, God wants to do something in your life, but you've got to be prepared to do that. And as we look at Mary, that's going to kind of smack you in the face today, right? Because we know that Mary wasn't, wasn't ready for what happened to her either. But we've got to be prepared for God to do something big in our lives. Just like when you prepare for the birth of a child. Here in about three more months probably, because our babies always come early, we will be preparing for the birth of a new child. So we got to stock up on diapers and we got to stock up on newborn clothes. And we got to make sure that we have everything in place for the baby. See, we have to be prepared for that. And see, you and I have to prepare for God to do something in our lives. We have to be ready for that. We have to be open to that. If we look at Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, that Chuck read for us just a few minutes ago, it says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. It says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel. See, this is that prophecy, right? One of the many prophecies that foretold of what God was going to do. And he was letting them know, be prepared. Be ready, because I'm about to do something big. I'm about to do something huge. Be ready. And God 
is faithful to his promises. See, God's desire for each of us is for Christ to be born within us today. For the love of God to be revealed to the world by the way we live. Let that last part sink in for you for just a minute. By the way we live. Because how do we truly show God that we love him? We live in a way that honors him in everything that we say and that we do. We live in such a way that is pleasing to God. And that is so much more than just coming to church on Sunday mornings. And yes, that's important. Don't get me wrong. But there's so much more to it than that. Our prayer life, right? Our time that we spend in the scripture. Our time that we spend meditating on the things that he would have us to do. The time that we spend serving. The time that we spend helping others. All of this tells a story. And does it tell that story of love that God intended it to? So we're going to talk today about this story of Mary and about her encounter with the angel and how she reacts to this. So if you would turn with me to Luke chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 26. Again, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Says to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. So we're kind of setting the scene, right? They're giving you a little background information about Mary. Mary was a virgin, and we're not going to go too deep into exactly what that means, but I think most of you know what that means. And she's pledged to be engaged. So Mary's not married at this point, but she's engaged. She's got a plan for her life. She's about to start her new life with her new husband. And then the angel comes and turns all of that upside down. It says, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Wow, what a greeting that is. Not only did a messenger come to see Mary, but the first thing the messenger says to her is, greetings, you who are highly favored. Lord is with you. Think about that for just a moment. Think about if God sent a messenger to speak to you and that's the first thing they said. It'd probably put you back on your heels a little bit, right? Probably that'd be a little bit of a wake-up call for you. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. What just happened here? But again, we're setting the scene. Mary was highly favored with the Lord. And the Lord was with her. And that's the first thing that the angel says it says mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be we talked about this a couple weeks ago but remember when these messengers appeared right what do we always read they were scared they were frightened they were troubled much like we would probably be today if god sent a messenger who just appeared in front of you it says but the angel said to her do not be afraid mary you have found favor with God. So he's reassuring her. Don't be afraid. I'm here because you've been doing something right. See, we just talked about being prepared for God to do something big in our lives. And Mary was prepared. She had obviously been living right. She had been doing the right things. She'd been on the right path or God would not have chosen to use her and responded to her in this way. It says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. 
says he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. See, God wants to do something big. He wants to change the world. But we have to choose how we will respond to him. We have to make a decision. Mary had just had her world turned upside down. Completely. I always say, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. Right? Because Mary had a plan. She was going to get engaged to this nice Jewish boy and they were going to live happily ever after. And then God came along and said, wait just a minute, I got something else in mind. He said, watch this. Watch what I'm about to do in your life. See, when God shows up, our lives get disrupted. When God shows up, he can disrupt our lives. Have you ever had that happen? Have you ever been at a point in your life where you just thought you had a plan and you thought things were going to go a certain direction? And all of a sudden, boom, something happens. You thought you were on the path to getting your promotion at work and all of a sudden what happens? Somebody else gets it. You thought you'd finally met the one, the perfect man or woman that you were going to spend the rest of your lives with and what happened? That relationship came to an end. See, sometimes God disrupts our lives. Because he's got a bigger purpose for us. And maybe some of you like me can look back at your past relationships and go, there's a reason that that relationship didn't work out. Because I wouldn't be where I am today. There's a reason that that job didn't work out. Because I wouldn't have the job that I have now. See, sometimes God just disrupts what we're trying to do. And that's exactly what he did to Mary. Think about the implications for Mary for just a second. This wasn't just inconvenient. This was life-changing. Imagine how she would have been viewed by the people in her town. Imagine how she would have been viewed by her family. Imagine what Joseph was thinking. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on Joseph today because this story is about Mary. But think for just a second how he would have been feeling. Because he knew Right? That they hadn't done anything together. And now Mary's going to be pregnant. Imagine how he must have felt. And imagine all of the things going through Mary's head. Nobody's going to believe this. Right? Immaculate conception. Let's think about that for a second. Who's going to believe that? Who's going to go to their parents and say, So I'm pregnant, but I actually didn't do anything. It's actually God's baby. Think about that for just a second. How ridiculous does that sound? This is all going through Mary's head. I can't even imagine what she must have been feeling during this time. Other than complete and utter freak out. I, I just don't know. God disrupted her plan. He completely turned her world upside down. Think about a time in your life where you've had a disruption like that. I, I had a major disruption like that where God had a different plan for my life. And some of you know this story, so I'll keep it short. About four and a half years ago, I got a call on a Sunday afternoon from Ken DeBose, one of the elders here at our church. And I was sitting at home watching the Cowboys game, which is what I do on Sunday afternoons. And I don't answer my phone during the Cowboys game because, you know, I don't want to mess up the mojo. 
So he called me, and I didn't answer. And he called Lizzie, and she didn't answer. And then he sent me an email and said, call me. And I thought, what in the world is going on at Mission Viejo? We were living in Phoenix at the time. I thought, what in the world is going on at Mission Viejo? And I called Ken back, and Ken says, hey, we'd love to bring you to the church as our full-time youth minister. Okay. Problem with that is, my wife still had a contract to teach in Phoenix for seven more months before she could go anywhere. You talk about a disruption in your life. God was saying, hey, I want you to go work at the church in Mission Viejo, but your wife's going to stay in Phoenix. So for seven months, I drove back and forth every week from Phoenix to Southern California, Phoenix to Southern California. That was a disruption. But see, God does that sometimes. And see, God, God was basically saying, look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fulfill that calling that you have to be in full-time ministry, but I'm going to make you work for it. I'm going to make you prove how bad you really want it. But that was a disruption. It certainly wasn't convenient. It certainly wasn't what I had in mind. I certainly wasn't anxious to leave my wife and my little, little Lucas at the time to drive back and forth. But see, that's what God does sometimes. God does that sometimes because he's trying to teach you something, because he wants to do something in your life, but you have to be willing to be open to what God is calling on your life. Let's continue with our story. It says, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overflow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I love that verse because this is, what, this is what the angel is saying to her. He's saying what's impossible for man is possible for God. Because all Mary is thinking about is, that's, that's not possible. That can't be. And the angel's saying, oh yeah, it is with God. And I want us to remember that this morning. Because sometimes we think that things are too big and too much for God. We think, you know what, God, my problems are too big. You can't fix it. My, my relationship with my spouse is too far gone. My relationship with my kids is too far gone. My addiction is too far gone. You can't fix it, God. But just like what the, what the angel said to Mary, don't underestimate God and what he can do. Because see, those relationships in your life that are a mess, God can help you fix those. And that addiction that you're struggling with, God can help you fix that. What's impossible for man is possible with God. It says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. Again, the angel saying, look, what's impossible for man is possible for God. Because even Elizabeth, who was too old to conceive, is pregnant. He's trying to reassure Mary of what exactly we got going on here. It says, no word from God will ever fail. And that, in a nutshell, is the premise of this whole series that we've been working on, is that when God makes a promise, when God says he's going to do something, he does it. See, there are people in our lives who let us down all the time. Right? Sad but true. People say they're going to be there for you, and what happens? They don't show up. People say they're going to do something for you, and they don't do it. And unfortunately, that's just part of life, and that's part of something that we deal with, but not with God. See, when God makes a promise, God fulfills that promise. 
the ne- this next part we're going to look at is, is, is talking about Mary. And, and we all have these excuses that we just talked about, right? We all have excuses. God, you can't use me right now. I'm too busy. I got to focus on work. God, you can't use me right now. I'm too busy focusing on my family. God, I'm too busy focusing on that promotion. And we have these excuses of why we can't do something. And we all have them, and we have a million of them, right? I really wish I could serve more, but I just don't have time. I really wish I could give more, but I just don't have the resources. See, we all have excuses. And I'm sure Mary was thinking the same thing. God, don't, use, don't do this now. I'm engaged. Why couldn't this happen after I was already married? So we continue in our story. It says, Mary, this is her response, and I love this. And, and this is why I love the story of Mary so much. All these things that were going on in Mary's mind. God basically just flipped her world upside down, and she's going to have a long road ahead of her because she's going to have to answer some really tough questions, and she's going to have to deal with a fiancé who now thinks that, that she's cheated on him. And this is what Mary says. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. I am your servant. See, Mary got it. It's not about her. And it's not about me and it's not about you. It's about God and what he wants to do in your life. And Mary didn't say, no, God, please don't do this to me. This is not what I had in mind. No. She said, look, God, if that's what you want to do, Use me and do it. Are we, do we have that same attitude that Mary has? Are, are we ready to say, look, God, it may be a disruption. It may not be convenient, but I want you to use me. I want you to do something in my life. Show me how you can use me to love others. Show me how you can use me to serve others. Show me how you can teach me to lead others to Christ. That's exactly what Mary did. Mary just said, yes, Lord, do it. She didn't say, nope, I'm too busy. Nope, that's not what I had in mind. See, when we submit to God, his promise can be fulfilled in and through us. See, Mary just opened herself up to God and said, okay, okay, God, this isn't going to be easy. This is not what I had in mind. But if this is what you want to do in my life, do it. And you and I have to do the same thing. See, God loves us so much that he wants to do something in our lives. And when we submit to him and we say, yes, Lord, do it, we're showing him that we love him too. But what are we saying when we say, not now, God, I'm busy. Not now, God, I just don't have time for that. Not now, God, I'd love to go to church more. I'd love to give more. I'd love to serve more. I'd love to pray more. I'd love to spend more time in my Bible. But I just don't have time for that right now. I'm too busy. What does that say to God? What is the message you're sending to him? Is that a message of love? When you say, I just don't have time. I I don't have time to read the Bible like I should. I don't have time to, uh, to attend Bible studies like I should. What are we saying to God? We're saying, God, I don't have time for you. I don't love you enough for that. Because when you love somebody, you make time for them. When you love somebody, you want the best for them. When you have a friend that needs you, what do you do? You drop everything and you show them that you love them enough to show up for them but we don't extend that same courtesy to God sometimes. I don't want to encourage you this morning to be open to what God might be trying to do in your life. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in the scripture. Tune into the Holy Spirit and see what God might be trying to do 
in your life. Because see, we say, God can't use me. I'm not a perfect person. Well, guess what? You don't have to be a perfect person. I didn't read anywhere in this story where it said Mary was a perfect person who had never made a mistake. No, we all, we're all sinners. We all fall short. But God will use you anyway. But you have to be open to it. And you have to be willing to do it. Instead of saying, no God, not now. That's not convenient for me. Our submission to God has everything to do with what we perceive to be our greatest need. Guess what our greatest need is? See, if our greatest need on this earth would have been financially driven, it would have been money, guess what? God would have sent us an accountant. If our biggest need would have been that we needed somebody to show us how to grow food, God would have sent us a farmer. But he didn't. God knew that we needed a redeemer. We needed a savior. We needed somebody to love us and for someone for us to love and to show love to others. So he sent us a redeemer. See, God knew exactly what we needed. And he sent us exactly what we needed. And he wants to use you and me to continue that mission. See, we've got to receive God's love and offer God's love to others. Let, let God work in and through you. And, it, we, you know, sometimes when we think about letting God use us, we're, we're afraid to pray that prayer, right? Like what I always tell people, don't pray for patience because God will give you patience, right? He'll give you things to be patient about. But, but do we pray that prayer, God, use me? And maybe it's as simple as inviting someone to church. Maybe it's as simple as sharing your story of the things that Jesus has done in your life. Accept that love and show that love to others. See, we can be a new birth. It, it, if you look at the numbers, the church is on the decline. I can't argue that. But, but we have two options, right? We can just say, well, it is what it is. People just don't go to church anymore. Or we can say, God, use me to help bring people to you. Use me to help advance the kingdom. Use me to show Jesus to others in everything that I say and that I do. Because we've got to start building that new kingdom. As we think about this, this idea of love, you know, Christ is what love is all about. God sent his son to die for you and me. But see, that's a two-way street. He, he did the hard part, right? He sent his son to suffer and die on the cross for you and me. But we have to accept that. And we have to be open to that. And we have to say, thank you so much for that amazing gift that you gave me. And I'm going to accept that gift. And maybe you've never had an opportunity to do that. What a wonderful way to, to, to just put a high note on this Christmas season than to be baptized for the remission of your sins and to receive that gift of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe, maybe you've been a Christian, and maybe things just haven't gone the way that you had planned. Maybe you've fallen away from your relationship with Jesus. In just a moment, Brandon's going to come forward and lead us in another song. And you have an opportunity to come forward, to talk to myself, to talk to one of our elders. We would love to talk with you, and we'd love to pray with you. Because there is no reason for you to start the new year and not be in a right relationship with our Lord and Savior. If we can help you in any way, we want to invite you to come forward as we stand together and as we sing. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more 
than all we ask or imagine. According to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and glory in Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory to in the church and glory in the church and glory Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine.